in a good way yeah sideways in a good way yeah is that what i'm hearing it's working okay good i guess hey hi how are you doing hey well, welcome welcome back i found you know how we used to call when we lived together when we just not want to get dressed and we'd go to walmart wearing like barely real clothes to get snacks uh-huh. we call it goblin mode yeah yeah that's like my consistent state of being i also have a um wonderful idea for a goblin barbarian D character or like a goblin priest goblin priest sounds amazing i think it'd be hilarious just D things so now that my cat is actually here please stop that hi princess of the darkness She's, like, trying to play with those, like, built-in bookmarks on, like, my sketchbooks that are sitting right there. But, um, just a fair warning, she kind of loud. Cool, sounds good. Also a fair warning for cutting out the intro. Life update, I'm in Michigan because I can't stop moving around. Uh, didn't move here. My parents did, though, and they bought a house about in the middle of nowhere. The furthest out in the middle of nowhere I have ever been. And... It's very fun. It's very nice. Every day I wake up and I feel like I'm camping because outside is just trees. It's just like such dense forest. It's amazing. But that means that our Wi-Fi is horrible because it's like satellite Wi-Fi or some shit. So it has to go all the way up into space and then all the way back down. So it takes a couple seconds and everything's a little laggy. So sorry about that. All good. We're just going to put you right back up there, child. Oh, she really is clean, huh? I don't trust her to just, okay, well, she's doing whatever she wants anyway. Fuck yeah. How was your week? How was your flight? How was Bamboo's flight? Oh my god. So Bamboo did amazing during his flight. I was worried that they weren't going to, like, let him off for some reason. The reason being I have chronic anxiety. And literally before I left, not the night before I left, because my flight was at 7, so I left my apartment at four in the morning so i didn't sleep much that night it was kind of just one really long day with a nap in the middle but the night before that i was so stressed out that i had three fucking panic attacks in my sleep three of no. them it was horrific yes but everything worked out fine uh he did get on the he did get on the plane he just slept the whole time he was amazing iconic the chicago o'hare airport is very far from both of those things it is the yeah. opposite of any good I fucking hate that airport. But they're doing construction, and apparently Southwest flies into the international terminal. Um, and I had a layover because there's no direct flights from Denver to where I was flying to, so you would like have to do a layover, and Southwest mm-hmm. doesn't fly there, so I had to switch airlines. Um, but since annoying. it was in the international terminal, I had to take what should have been a train to a different terminal that the other that American Airlines is at. But they were doing construction on the train, so I had to take a shuttle, which means that I had to go through security again because you're technically leaving the airport, which means that I essentially missed my flight, but then my flight was delayed for like two hours. So I waited. My God. That's insane. I was literally crying on the phone with my mom going through security in Chicago like I missed it oh my god and then my phone buzzed and I looked at it and it was like flight delayed and I was like I can make it <laughs> just kidding I didn't miss it um I've heard and, that uh, oh. oh I'm sorry it's the fucking was... lag dude I'm just gonna keep interrupting you the whole time it's okay I was just gonna say that I've heard Chicago O'Hare is like notoriously bad 
and like literally the best airport I've ever been in is just Boston Logan Airport because it was just it was so streamlined when I was leaving. Uh Dude, I really like the Tennessee airport. The Tennessee airport just like makes sense to me. I get it there. I always fly out of the same terminal, usually the same gate, but at the very least the same terminal. So it makes it really easy. But then uh, two days after, that is completely unrelated. I'm nowhere near Tennessee. But (laughs) two days later, Tyler flew out here, which was yesterday, and he did miss his flight because he had the same setup as me. And both of our first flights were 20 minutes behind schedule. Mine was 20 minutes behind schedule because we were trying to land. Chicago airport fucking found a pothole on the on the runway or the landing strip or whatever i don't know if those are the same or different but they found a pothole and they needed to fill it so they had us just flying in circles for 20 minutes waiting for them to fill it which was what made me miss my flight and then tyler's flight was delayed 20 minutes because he had a group of 40 children going on a camping trip 40 of them on a plane a plane fuck that and so it took them forever to board obviously and he did end up missing his connecting flight um because chicago sucks and because southwest likes to be 20 minutes behind schedule but uh he asked the guy for directions in the airport and the guy gave him the wrong direction so then after he missed his flight he went back up to that guy and he was like hey man you get you gave me the wrong directions and i missed my flight and the guy was like shit here's a free ticket for the next flight so then he got a free ticket <laughs> Oh, okay. Funny, like four hours later or something. Yeah, so it like was horrible and worked out amazingly for both of us somehow. That's cool. Wow. It was really cool. Well, now we're here. I've done many things. I've uh oh, I I I used an excavator today, which should not be legally allowed. Like like <laughs> the big like heavy machinery like heavy- excavator. Exactly. Yes, I did use that with dirt. It was really fun, and I was just listening to hoser like. <laughs> Today was my first day at work in a long time where I had enough to do that I actually hyper focused the whole day away, which was nice because I yeah. fucking hate my job. I'm like, you know what you should do? You should quit barrel in the woods with an excavator with your parents, and not have a job for a while. Works great. I would. Can you stop doing that, madam? Excuse me, mistress of the dark. Elvira, <laughs> quit it. She's got this mouse that she tore all of the stuffing out today. Okay, there. Thank you. But she decided to get the mouse caught around uh, or the uh, part of my hanging thing, which she consistently tears down. And I didn't want it to, like, fall down on my head in the middle of this. Yeah. So really stayed up anyway i don't know it used to fall down on my head all the time when i had it over my bed so i was like i'm just gonna put it here and then i'll read books here very smart and i read books in my bed so. yeah okay, now you can record podcast here it has a purpose it's a perfect podcast nook i have the the tapestry mason got me for my birthday nice and all of my records are in this old antique thing that's next to me. I don't know. So I decided I was going to refinish all of my uh, like furniture and shit just because I don't know. I like making myself do unnecessary stuff. And also because I burnt the table that my altar is on. I saw you painted something red and black. Yeah, it's a chest. It's like an out a chest that our old across the street neighbors had 
like outside of their house and then when they moved they gave it to my parents and my parents were like Devin would love this and I was like okay that was like when we lived together so before you moved to Florida (laughs) that they got that for me but I couldn't take it to the apartment because I had nowhere to put it so I just left it here and then I finally was like you know what I'm gonna fucking stain this shit black and then I'm gonna stain everything else I own black so it's all gonna match, yeah. even though they're different sets of furniture. Fuck it up. It looks really good. Thank you. I was super nervous because that's that's like after the second show, second coat. But like after the first coat, it was like super patchy and ugly, and I was like, oh no, if this turns out terrible, I'm gonna mm-hmm. cry. I spent so many hours sanding this. Dude, staining things is so hard. It's literally it such a fucking process. Like it takes so long. But for some reason, I've just but committed myself to doing it for like six yep. other pieces of furniture so well the first one went well so i think yes. you got the knack for it it did um i don't know what else to talk about should we just go no i guess we should just go i'm sorry i'm eating food you're good do you want to go like, first since i went first last time or yeah. do you want to keep it the same let's alternate i'll go first okay cool cool let cool. me talk let's talk i want to say words okay so <laughs> in the spirit of going to michigan Let's give the listeners some backstory, shall we? Us and our infamous listeners with a capital L. Our <laughs> ginormous audience of devoted fans. <laughs> All one million of them. Exactly. I mean, that's that's lowballing it, but yes, if you want to be helpful. Seven billion of them. <laughs> Every person on the planet listens to this podcast. This is the future communist one. Everyone has to listen to the same podcast. Everyone has to listen to two 20-something girls talk about dead people. And drink wine. And cuddle their anti-anxiety stuffed animals. Oh, I knew I'd seen that before. That thing is so cute. It gives you a big hug. Oh, my God. I love him. I forgot Lammy Baby. So we were leaving the apartment. Tyler was like, do you have Lammy Baby? I was like, oh. And so he put her in his backpack because he's a legend. So oh, cute. yay. That's so nice. I don't know. I bought myself. This was my birthday present to myself. My twenty-third birthday present to myself was a stuffed animal. Hell yeah! I don't know where the fuck your present went in the mail. I have USPS informed delivery, so it sends me pictures of um, any of the mail that I'm gonna get, and I haven't seen your candle. So oh, what the fuck? we're continuing to wait. <laughs> um, That's interesting. Have... Yeah. So. Um, one of my friend's boyfriends is watching Thor and the plants while I'm gone, and so I might have to check the mail at some point, because I know that I have, like, two letters there already since I left, so I feel like I'll have to check it, and I'll let you know if it's in there. Okay, cool. But I think that I just stole it or forgot or some shit. <laughs> I forgot you said you got me anything, so. <laughs> It'll be there, eventually, at some point. Anyway, so. You will have a good small room. In the spirit of coming to Michigan, I asked my, okay, right, backstory. That's where we were. So, <laughs> thinking further back, I'm from Michigan. You're from Michigan. Our parents are from Michigan. We've been out here in Michigan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're cousins. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So, we're from okay. the same place. Hell yeah. And then we moved to Colorado. Well, I moved to Colorado when I was like six. You moved like a year or two before that right so like two like five or six? yeah I think a year before that because I moved out of Michigan when I was five but we lived in Maryland for like a year or so 
and then moved to Colorado. But I was seven okay. when you got here because you were six, so. Cool. So we both moved there around, uh, being around six. Yeah. So we've had family in Michigan forever. Mm-hmm. My, I was asking my mom if she knew of any good Michigan true crime stories Is that I could talk about. And she was like, you know, I have to think on that. And then my mom has a brother and a sister. She has a brother named Carl and a sister named Lisa. And she was like, oh, what about that guy that buried his wife behind your Uncle Carl's house? And I was like, excuse me? What? So today we're going to be talking about the murder of Tara Lynn Grant, whose body was buried behind my Uncle Carl's house in Michigan. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So apparently he like, he doesn't live there anymore, but um, that's the house that he lived in when I lived in Michigan and was growing up. And so, like, that's the house of his that I know. Um, I think they still live in Michigan. They might be in Alabama, too. I don't fucking know. But I've been to this house. Um, and this happened in 2007. So, wasn't even that long ago. Jesus. Um, I yes. totally... Sorry, I totally thought you were going to say that you were going to do Jimmy Hoffa. I'm so excited. <laughs> not even aware you can totally claim that one because that didn't even ring any bells oh okay i will do that one mm-hmm. someday okay so just to just to give uh some some envisioning his house had like a backyard like michigan backyards which are you know ginormous mm-hmm. he had like a nice michigan backyard property and behind his house there was a fence that like delineated the neighborhood from the um like public land or like the state land or whatever or like the land that the county or the city owns you know just like no one's personal land kind of like a green belt like, yeah kind of like that but more I think it was more like foresty uh, but well of course because there are no forests some, there what I said of course because there are no forests in Colorado I'm sorry I just meant something you know how people are like walking through green belts all the time I think this is more just like it's more like national park type land. Okay. You know? You know, it's more like wild than that. Anyway, okay. there's, there's like land that's public or privately owned by the state behind his house. And then they like found some pieces of her body there. Apparently in Shelby Township, I think. It might have been Washington County. I'm not sure. One of the two. One of the two. I think it was Shelby Township. Okay. <laughs> you have tail on your face. That's where they found parts of her body. So I did just completely spoil the ending. You know, she was murdered by her husband. Body was found behind his house. But I think it's still a really fun ride to go on to get there. I'm I was sick. watching a YouTube video about this and Tyler was in the same room as me. And at certain points, he was like, "Wait, what the fuck?" And I was like, "Yeah, I don't even know." Interesting. So. <laughs> This is the the story of the murder of Tara Lynn Grant. She was born in Michigan in 1972, and she was very close with her sister, Alicia. It might also be like Alicia. You know how you can pronounce that name either way? I'm just going to go with Alicia because it's easier. And she graduated Michigan State University with a degree in business, and Shortly afterwards, she got a job at this place called Washington Group International. And given that it's called Washington Group International, obviously it came with like a lot of travel. She was just traveling all over the place all the time. Um, but she was like a super successful entrepreneur hashtag girl boss. Um, 
and just like gaslight gave keep girl boss girl boss yes words to live by except i think she was like actually really cool oh so um, not gaslighting or gatekeeping she, yeah no she was just like out there i don't know it's so hard to say this without being cringy because it's like she was an entrepreneur CEO entrepreneur for the nineteen sixty four Jeffrey Jeffrey Bezos. Have you seen Inside? You haven't seen Inside, huh? Uh, Mason and you I watched like a couple minutes. We we watched a couple minutes of it and then we were like, mm, let's watch Castlevania. Oh my god, you have to see it. I'm being yeah, really annoying goodness. about it, but it has taken over all my online spaces for so long. It's really good. There's this song on it about Jeffrey Bezos, and it's constantly stuck in my head. So I just had to have this little back to it. Yeah, it's cringy to talk. It's hard to talk about this without being cringy, but she was just like a really successful, very entrepreneurial businessy woman, you know, slaying the game. And yeah. the timeline's super fuzzy, but at some point she married this guy named Stephen Grant. Um, but it was after months or years of him like pining after her. Like, basically just being a hopeless simp for her. Just, like, would not take no for an answer. And it's really fucking creepy. Like, no. he would, he, he refused to be shut down by her for a very long time. He was just, like, obsessed with her. And I'm assuming they were friends or something, or else she, like, should have gotten the authorities involved. Because the way that they ended up actually getting together, her... I think it was her grandma, it might have been her grandpa or something. One of her family members died and she had to go, she had to go out of town to go to the funeral. He heard about this and decided to take time to also go out of town and surprise her there at the funeral. No. To be her no. <laughs> yeah. I had to go to a funeral a couple of months ago and if somebody came and surprised me at someone I love's funeral, I would have been pissed. Me too, dog. Me too. It's so fucked. Like, that's the creepiest fucking thing ever. Like, oh, great. This guy literally will not stop trying to fuck me. Now, here I am. My grandma just died. And he's just here? I'm just, like, yeah. profusely crying. And this man won't fucking mm -hmm. leave me alone. Ew. To make it worse, he ended up going out to dinner with her and her family and her boyfriend of the time who no. went there with her to actually be her moral support. Um, no! <laughs> and fucking somehow, instead of this turning into, like, someone murdering him because he's being a creep, this turns into them getting married. Uh, they, they, they got together shortly after this. She, they, like, confessed their love to each other. And they got together, which is the least probable thing to come out of this. I feel like this is one of those. Sorry, I feel like this is probably one of those scenarios where she's like, you know what? You have been so annoying. Fuck it. <laughs> like, you obviously yeah, have interest in me. So this will be okay on at least one side. Yeah, it literally somehow ended up working out for like a while. Very strange. So. Yeah, they got together after this, and then a couple months later, they moved in together, and then a couple months later, they got married, or he proposed. It, it seemed to move pretty quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then they were married for a while. Again, I don't have years for this. It's, mm -hmm. I don't understand. 
it was hard to find like backstory like i could find a lot a lot of news reports about like the murder itself and about steven but it was like hard to find like personal information about tara i don't know anyway they had two kids together they had a daughter Lindsay, and then two years later they had a son named ian um and their family situation was that tara the mom was the main breadwinner while steven was the stay-at-home dad and he also worked part-time at a local pool and dye shop um and they lived together somewhere in michigan i think in washington county okay then somewhere uh just to spice things up they also had a german au pair uh a 19 year old girl named verena dierks i think could be butchering that she was german she's from germany um mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was just because steven worked part-time and he worked full-time so whenever he was at work they needed someone to like take care of the kids you know and also so they got a, a testament to huh so they got a full au pair because he was at work sometimes like yeah, a, I was about to say it's a testament to Tara making that money because they got a yeah. no pair for one of those students at work. I think he also was just kind of like a lazy fuck. Like I think he just didn't want to like parent the children, so she probably did a lot of the work even while he was home. Oh, okay. So in 2006 or 2007, I think they had been married for about a decade at this time. Um, Stephen started talking to an ex-girlfriend, I'd be complaining to her about how his life works too much and how it was super like demasculating am i saying that word right demasculating yeah and it was like an ego blow and made him feel like a wimp because she was making all the money um and he was like convinced that she was cheating on him with her boss or cheating on him with her coworker. and like i said she traveled a lot for work and so he was like not believing her that all these business trips were actually for business and he just got super sketched out and started talking to his ex-girlfriend about how like, fucked up it was and just complaining all the time. And then that, okay. that turned into flirting with her, obviously, because it's his ex-girlfriend who he's complaining to about his wife. And yeah, a little weird. Flirted with her. Uh-huh. One example of him flirting with her is uh, she was a nurse. And so he offered up himself. He's so fucking creepy. He offered up himself for her to practice uh, giving sponge baths. <laughs> Ew. That's so bad. He's so horrible. He's so gross. And uh, yeah, that I guess the sexting wasn't enough for him. So he started. Well, because he's clearly not good at it. Clearly not good at it. So he needs to fuck a 19 year old au pair from Germany. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, okay. Okay. Now we're now we're settling it. That's that's all some character building. Cause shit at Steven and hashtag girl boss Tara. So on Valentine's Day, why did I say like that? On Valentine's Day in 2007, Stephen called the cops to say that he hadn't heard from his wife in five days. So since February 9th, uh, he said that they had a fight on the 9th when she returned from a work trip. I think she was on a trip in Puerto Rico. And immediately started talking about how she had to leave again in two days to go back to Puerto Rico. And um, had the fight with him saying the shit that he was complaining to his ex about, how she's never home, how, like, he has to do everything with the kids, even though she, like, pays for an au pair for them, you know? Uh, He's just complaining and, like, says and, like, uh, uh, accuses her of, like, cheating on him. And it got into this fight. 
And he said that she ended up repacking her bag that she was unpacking. She just put that shit back in there and dipped. Um, I would too, and, to be fair. Right? Yeah. And uh, he said that he followed her downstairs and saw that she was on the landline phone because it was 2007. And <laughs> heard her say, I'll meet you at the end of the driveway. And then she got into a black car and drove away. And... um. Okay. I guess he was freaking out like a day or two later because he still hadn't heard from her and he said that he called her parents and her parents were like, it's not abnormal for her to just leave because, you know, that's her job. So she probably mm-hmm. just went to back to Puerto Rico early because you guys got to fight. Like, get over it. She's fine. Get um, over it. That's where they can get, get over it, you pussy. She's just in Puerto Rico. <laughs> it's um, not a big deal. Yeah, it's not that far. So then the day after that testimony, so the day after, not testimony, but, you know, just his little story that he gave to the cops. Uh, on February 15th, 2007, he was pulled over and arrested for driving on a suspended license. And he said that the police did that just to be able to, like, hold him and question him about his wife's disappearance. And honestly, agreed. That's probably exactly what they were doing, you know? Yeah, um, but if you're acting but... like this, you deserve it. Like... <laughs> Exactly. Like, I don't know. This is like an interesting case because usually I'm like, you're fucking insane. Like, you're so stupid. But this one, I'm like, yeah, no, that makes sense. And him, like, I don't know. I'll get more into it later. But like, a lot of it, I'm like, yeah, he seems pretty lucid. He's just like the grossest person. But he's he like sucks. a type of reality, I think. Yeah, he's just the worst. Um, and while they were searching for Kara, uh, cops held daily press conferences. So this story garnered. Not only local attention, but also like national attention. Um, okay. On March second, after a while of these press conferences, <laughs> issued ex- um, what, what the fuck is the word? He like he, he issued he issued a search warrant for the Grant household on March second, uh, where they found a human torso in a trash bag in the garage. Ew! Ew! Amazing! Amazing! But before they found this torso, Stephen was, like, chilling with the cops while they were searching in his house. And he knew he was a suspect. And he was like, okay. And he knew he had a torso. He knew he had a torso. So he was like, I'm just going to let my dog out really fast. Uh, So he, of course, ran the fuck away. (laughs) He brought his dog outside and ran. He, he, He dipped and went to his friend's house nearby, asked to borrow his car, and then took his car... Um, out into the woods to a spot that him and Tara used to camp at. And so there's theories that he did this in like a sentimental way to show that he like really regretted what he did. I'm more in the camp of like, it doesn't really matter that him and Tara went there. He just knew that this was a place that was really like isolated and he could hide there easily. Like, I don't think he was sentimental. I think he it's was just, just like, oh yeah, that camp spot. Yeah, it's just somewhere he's comfortable that's like remote. Exactly. Um, and he was found two days later because they tracked a call that he made to his sister from his cell phone. And this part I literally just copy and pasted, I think, from Wikipedia because, like, it's it's fucking hilarious and, like, it shouldn't be. But, like, he's just, oh, I just hate him so much. It's so, he's so stupid. It says, <laughs> police found the suspect 225 miles away from his home in northern Michigan's Wilderness State Park. He had taken liquor and pills from his sister's house, intending to commit suicide. 
After driving to the park, he spent the night in the freezing cold with no outer clothing for protection. What? After being taken into custody, he was airlifted by helicopter to Northern Michigan Hospital in Flint for treatment of hypothermia. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, what the fuck? So stupid. It's so dumb. It's like he was trying to kill himself by just sleeping out in the cold. Like, no, you're just gonna have a bad time. Like, you're just yeah. Not gonna be- it would take you so long to die from that. Like, right? And he was there for two days. Two days. And it's just like, why would you march in northern Michigan? Like, that's fucking cold. It's so dumb. That's yeah. like, I don't understand. And like, he brought liquor and pills, but he didn't take them. Because they found him with the liquor and pills. Yeah. And then also, I also saw something about him, like, this isn't, like, a confirmed fact or anything. But it said that he had a toy gun on him. So his plan was just to, like, lay under a tree and die, I guess. And if that didn't work, then when the cops pulled up because they found him, he could just pull out his toy gun and point it at them and, like, Commit oh, suicide via police. Yeah, murder. suicide by cop. Yeah, exactly. Fun uh, and super fucked up. So stupid. He's like, I'm gonna kill myself by taking these pills and drinking. Except he didn't drink or take the pills. And then he's like, I'm gonna kill myself by freezing to death. And it's like, no, you just got really cold for two days. And then and he's, he's like, like, okay, I'm gonna kill myself via cop. And then it's like, no, they just arrested you. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I'm gonna make I'm gonna kill myself by making someone else kill me. That's so funny. Literally, he's just like the most weaselly fucking spineless motherfucker. And he got mad about his wife just making money in the first place. Like that's the reason all of this happened. He was like, My wife that I've been pining after for years and finally got is doing well and it makes me feel bad. Like what the fuck? That's so weird. That is so gross. Yeah. Very, very, very gross slimy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they brought him to the, the Northern Michigan Hospital in Flint for hypothermia, where he admitted to strangling his wife with a t-shirt after an argument about her spending too much time with a co-worker. Um, t-shirt? <laughs> after, this, he, yeah. after this, he panicked when he realized that she was dead and their kids were asleep in the room next door. And he just started moving her body around a lot. He said that he brought her to her his father's tool and dye shop, where he dismembered her using his tools. And then he took the remains to Stony Creek Metro Park in Shelby Township and disposed of the body parts there. That is my behind my uncle's house. Was oh my god! Stony Creek Metro Park in Shelby Township. Yeah, not to like triangulate my family or anything. He doesn't live there anymore, but he used to. But this was a thing. He used to, but not anymore. Uh, yeah, this used to triangulate me, but not now. He put their body parts there, um, but then he learned that the police were planning on searching the park. Uh, I think you probably found out about that with like their daily press conferences, you know? Yeah, that would make sense. Um, yeah, uh, and so when he found out about that, he recovered the torso of his wife and hid it in a plastic garbage bag in their garage. But I think her other body parts were either still in the park or like scattered around. My mom said that he like scattered her around a bunch of different places. So they just found like a couple of body parts um, in the park in Shelby Township. But it's just a Yeah. Um, about the strangling with the t-shirt thing. 
So this is why I'm like, you know, he's pretty elusive. Like, Loki a smart strategy. Not to give him any sort of credit. Um, but it's <laughs> smart strategy. He, the initial story that he told cops about what happened on the ninth, or like coming back from a trip and then fighting about that shit, was true up until the point of her leaving. Like, it was all true, the argument and everything, except he ended up, he was like strangling her, but apparently he was like looking her in the face and it made him upset. And so he put a t shirt over her face so that he couldn't see her. Oh my God. Strangled her with that. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Um, yeah, and that's when like, you know, he freaked out about his kids and just like lost it. But it's kind yeah. of really smart to tell the cops that you got into a fight because usually people are like, our marriage is so perfect. And then it's just not believable. But his story was pretty believable if he had told yeah. it well. If he didn't I tell mean, it well, the cops did not believe him from the get go. But it yeah. could have been believable. Yeah, the amount of lucidity he has really reminds me of uh, friggin' Chris Watts. Mm-hmm. Like, he just kind of is doing stuff and he knows what he's doing and he tries to hide it but he hides it in the truth so it's like Ugh. yeah exactly i think chris lockley's interviews was like slightly more believable than this his story like being so mismatched is like what brought him down yeah but he had good alligator tears i think crocodile but, uh, sorry crocodile alligator tears <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why it's not uh, alligator but- tears what's the difference I don't know. Nothing about scales, I think. And teeth. I know that. But that has nothing to do with their tears. Well, fuck. Maybe there's... I don't know. <laughs> but Stephen did... He had a solid story. And he stuck to it. I don't think they interviewed him that many times. So he probably didn't have many options to like fuck it up. But he okay. was just such a bad mom. Like, he just seemed nervous as fuck when he was talking to the cops. And so he didn't sound believable. And they were like, okay, we're going to polygraph you. And he only agreed to a polygraph if it was done by a third party that wasn't the cops. So it's like, okay, buddy, you're not doing great. But he, like, tried to cover his tracks. He left, like, a bunch of voicemails and missed calls on Tara's phone the night after, like, that night that he killed her. But afterwards, like, she had actually ran away and just being like, hey, why would you leave me like this? Like, we're not done talking. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So so sinister. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. He's, like, too much out of reality, but also he's just, like, such a piece of shit. What's the tiny little, or shriveled little short dick man, or whatever, you know that Yeah, song? puny little like, shriveled little short dick man. Don't want, don't want, don't want. That's him. <laughs> That's him. He has the smallest dick energy, but Jesus Christ, he's misogynistic fuck. So, uh, as for the verdict, da-da-da-da-da, he was initially charged with, um, one count of, or count one homicide, murder in the first degree that is premeditated, and with count two, disinterment and or mutilation of a dead body. Okay. Um, and uh, that was on March 6th. He was charged okay. with those things. And then on April 13th, this is all 2007, on April 13th, the prosecutor released Stephen's two-part confession which was a transcript of the interview with detectives and his own handwritten confession. Um, details included arguing with his wife over his jealousy about her spending time with a coworker. He also said that he had been having an affair with Marina Dirks, the um, au pair. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that was all released after he was charged. 
and on December 21st, 2007, he was found guilty on the charge of murder in the second degree. Um, and that's because it, for first degree, it has to be proven to be premeditated. And, yeah. like, I I think that he deserves, like, the longest sentence possible and, like, he admitted to doing it and all of that shit. But I don't know if it was premeditated. It feels like he had been pissed off for a while, but I don't think he, like, planned on killing her. I think it was, it, I think it honestly was, like, a spur-of-the-moment thing, you know? So I think, while I would like to see him have the worst punishment possible, I think second degree is fair. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then uh, with that charge, he was sentenced to a minimum of 50 years in prison. So it's a life sentence no matter what, because he was already like 50 or some shit when, uh, when he was charged. And then in 2010, he had his final appeal in state court, which he lost, uh, which means that he kept the original sentence of 50 to 80. Yeah, that's okay. it. Now he's serving basically the life sentence. He's going to die there for sure. Yeah. What the? F- That's gross. I realized that the last time we recorded, um, I didn't tell you that you did a good job. Like while I was editing, I realized I didn't tell you you did a good job. I just went, "Ew, I hate everything about that," <laughs> which is how I feel. But you still did a really good job. I did a good job. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you. If you hate everything about it, I did my job correctly. If yeah. if you're left feeling disgusted and sad and angry. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. It took me a while to figure out what I was going to do because last week I found out that it was um, supposedly Indigenous People's Month as well as Pride Month. Um, But that's in Canada. Yeah. Not to say that we probably don't have one of those. Yeah, we don't. Um, But I guess today is also supposed to be Indigenous People's Day in Canada as well. Um, so I was going to do a case that centers around, you know, Native Americans, First Nations people, but I feel like it's such an important thing to talk about that I need to do a lot more research on it before I talk about it. Mm So, um, I'm going with a more fun and insane story, but it's super far removed because this happened in the Renaissance. Cool. We can honor the solstice. Oh yeah. The solstice was last night. I didn't do Mm -hmm. anything. Well, because it was fine today. Hard. Okay. So, also, a little bit to preface this, I did these notes quite a while ago. So, I kind of remember okay. the gist of it. Um, because this is, like I said, insane. And I love this story. Um, oh, I'm so excited. But it says I last edited these in January. So, that's cool. Whoa, okay. Because so we'll be on this ride together. Yeah. I um I had just finished my medieval history class and I was like, you know what I need to end off the medieval history? Some fucking renaissance something. And I remembered that the guy who plays Matt Maddie, like with it with two T's from Skins in the third generation. Maddie. Yeah. Classic. Fucking Maddie. What a guy. Sebastian de Sousa, which I'm totally saying wrong, is in was in a show <laughs> called Medici. Um about the Medici family, obviously. Well, he he played Botticelli, who was like apparently, you know, he's a famous painter, Renaissance artist, but he was like pseudo adopted by the Medici family. Like they paid for a lot of his art, like classes and shit. Anyway, super good show, introduced me to this. 
and I just needed to tell you about it because it's absolutely insane. I have four pages, and I'm going to try to do this as quickly as I can without leaving anything out. So it's about the Patsy conspiracy, which is what it's called as a whole. The Medici are one family, and then the Patsies are a different family. And the Medici at this point in the Renaissance kind of are in charge of Florence and the Patsy or it's P-A-Z-Z-I, but it's, I think it's pretty much just pronounced Patsy. Patsy. Okay. They want to be in charge and they're both banking families and, you know, like banking, wealthy. So they're in charge. Dici family or Medici. I'm going to, I don't know, probably switch between pronunciations so I don't sound stupid on both ways works for me um so they began to gain prominence under Cosimo Medici who is the grandfather of both Lorenzo and Guglielmo Medici who are our prominent characters oh my god I forgot to mention Guglielmo (laughs) has Giuliano fuck I don't know he's played by Bradley James Bradley Bradley James who is King Arthur in Merlin and oh my god i fucking so this is just characters from shows that i already am obsessed with in this also there's one season about cosimo medici who is the grandfather of these two and he's played by rob stark from game of thrones so it's just Mm -hmm. the whole cast is great yeah i don't know why i didn't know about this sooner Anyways, so Lorenzo and Guglielmo. Also, are these real people or is this just in a show? I'm so confused. Oh, these are real people. They just made a show about it. Like this really all of this really happened. Um, mm-hmm. but they just made a scripted show about it hundreds of years later cuz it's super intense. Okay, gotcha. Thank you for that clarification. So, his name is Giuliano. But there's a character later named Guglielmo. So, Um, so Lorenzo and Giuliano also had a sister who I think was younger than them named Bianca de Medici. It's all de Medici. I don't know why they have the extra title. Um, Um, it's, I I mean, that's like Italian, right? Yeah, it's Italian. In Spanish, de means of. It's like de de. So I'm pretty sure it's just like that, like of this family. Yeah, okay. So Lorenzo was the older of the two brothers and he took power of the bank and the family uh, and all of Florence in 1449, Jesus, before Columbus sold the ocean blue. I will literally never forget the, what year Columbus sailed because that was the code to get into our wash, our washing room at our apartment. It was 1492. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> it was so weird. And we weren't supposed to have it, but we somehow did. So That was really strange. I hope it's made the rounds so that they can never lock people out any, like, ever again. It's some bullshit. And I was like, hey, our clothes are in there and we need those. <laughs> yeah, um, that was kind of rude. But, mm-hmm. so... They called Lorenzo the Magnificent because he was better suited to running Florence than his father. Um, however, he definitely neglected the bank in the process. So, cool. full background on the Patsy. Also bankers, however, the Patsy came from noble lineage, whereas the Medici were merchants before they became bankers. Um, okay. Jacopo Patsy became head of the family or was head of the family at the time, and he had two nephews, Francesc- 
Francesco Di Pazzi and Guglielmo Di Antonio Di Pazzi. And he also had a brother named Renato, uh, but he's not super important. Okay. So Guglielmo Di Pazzi married Bianca de Medici, um, which mm-hmm. had been intended to, to resolve the feud between the families. But in the show, they like kind of fell in love when they were kids. And like this was set aside for them to have happened when they were kids. And then they kind of fell for each other. But then the families didn't want to save the feud or whatever. I don't know how it really went down. But that was the goal. Um, it didn't work. Wow, no way. <laughs> yeah. So I just have this um paragraph is called Extra Murders. By the way, this is nice. four pages of bullet notes. Is that you telling me to stop interjecting? Oh, no. You're good. Interject all you want. I interjected a lot in your story. I like it. Okay. Same. So, Guillermo Riario, Francesco Silvati, and Francesco De Pazzi put together a plan. Oh, extra murderers, not just extra murders. Extra murderers. Okay. Um, yeah. Those are needed oh, for the murders. Okay. Yeah. So, Guillermo Riario is someone I don't know. Um, Francesco Silviati. And Francesco de Pazzi are cousins. Um, okay. And they put together, the three of them put together a plan to assassinate Lorenzo and Giuliano. The Pope at the time was also super not into the Medici. It was uh, Pope Sixtus IV. Um, was like, I think, he, what? For Popes, is that like he's the fourth or is he, is he four? He's not four. He's the fourth Sixtus. Yeah. Which sounds weird. Okay. okay. That means... Yeah, pretty much that means he's the fourth six, I think. Fun. Um, Pope Sixtus, the fourth, is like one of those ones that I think is one of the um, renownedly disliked popes because he was pretty, uh, he was pretty uh, (laughs) controversial. Yes, you were controversial too. Um, She just likes to sit right in front of the mic and go, oh. (laughs) Yeah, she just wants everybody to know what she has to say. Okay, Pope Sixtus was approached for his support by the other three, and he made a very carefully worded statement in which he said that in the terms of his holy office, he was unable to sanction a killing. However, he still made it clear that it would be of great benefit to the papacy to have the Medici moved from their position of power in Florence. And, yeah, he also stated that he would deal kindly with anyone who like reached this goal and he instructed the men to do what they deemed necessary to achieve this aim and said he would give them whatever support he could like i don't know oh my god yeah so there was an encrypted letter in the archives of some other family who's not important discovered and decoded in 2004 that reveals that the duke of urbino was who was a renowned humanist for the papacy Um, was deeply embroiled in the conspiracy and had committed to position 600 troops outside of Florence waiting for the right moment. Holy fuck. Yeah. So the first attempt, so both Lorenzo and Giuliano had to die at the same time so that the surviving brother didn't take revenge. And the original, yeah, the original plan had been to poison the two brothers during a banquet on April 25th of 19 or 1478 not 1978 
<laughs> you know, the classic. <laughs> yeah. So the dinner was to celebrate the young Cardinal Raffaello Riario coming from Rome, accompanied by Salviati, who was one of the guys Can involved. I just say that I, I want my name to rhyme that well, or to have that fucking flow to it. <laughs> Raffaello Riario? Yeah, are you kidding me? It's, it sounds so good. It's just um, R's and vowels. Yeah. Lots of... It probably sounds better in an Italian accent. Just be real good. Whatever. I think it's music. Yeah. This is an Italian phobic podcast. I think the American accent wins. Oh. <laughs> All right. Interesting <laughs> choice. Um. So, however, Giuliano happened to be sick that day and didn't attend the party, so the attack was postponed until the next day, which was Sunday, April 25th, um 1478 which in the show and according to only one of my sources was easter however i looked up the date of what easter would have been in 1478 just to make sure and it said mars 27th so safe to say i have no idea what the fuck that means and we'll just say it was easter okay cool yeah it makes sense that they would be having like a huge banquet then right yeah and it would make a lot more sense that the cardinal was coming like a cardinal was coming to town um Mm-hmm. for easter yeah it was definitely yeah. okay Hopefully it was Easter, probably so it was high mass at the duomo which is the dome cathedral in florence it's formally called oh god the Catturale di santa maria di flore di fiore cool. not flore um <laughs> and it's super pretty uh and little side note about the duomo it was completed because of cosimo de medici who was the brother's grandfather. Oh, interesting. So also this is like 1478 in Florence, Italy. So there's super, there's very little distinction, if any, between Christian sects. So at this point, pretty much everyone was what we would assume is Catholic now. Um, Anyway, it was Easter mass in Florence and most of the Floridians, which yes, is how you say people from Florence and how you say people from Florida. That's horrible. That's four Floridians from Florence. Yeah, right? Um, Most of the Floridians made their way to the Duomo. 10,000 Florinites. Oh, okay. I guess you can call them whatever the fuck you want. Um, (laughs) So 10,000 Florinites in this place of worship. And I cannot stress enough that this is a super holy day at a place of worship and a super, super sacred place, right? Oh, yeah. And the conspiracies conspirators are waiting for the signal of the host which i'm assuming means cardinal raffaello riario which was him being raised up by bernardo bandini di baroncelli that sounds like a pasta it does i would order that at a restaurant sounds Um, delicious right so after bernardo lifted up riario that was like their signal and Francesco de Pazzi struck, which by the way, I don't think Cardinal Riario was like a part of this. He was just used as like their signal. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so Bernardo and Francesco Pazzi stabbed Giuliano 19 times. And then one of the, fin- one, yeah. And then one of them finished the job with a sword to Giuliano's head. Um, Whoa, oh my god, I feel like 19 stabs was already a job well done. Right? So, Lorenzo, however, managed to escape the trouble with serious wounds, but they weren't deadly. He locked himself. Yeah, okay. 
back. Maybe you do need a sword to the head. Yeah. So Lorenzo escaped with bad wounds, but not dead wounds. Um, and he locked himself inside the sacristy, which is a room in a church where a priest prepares for a service and where vestments and other things used in worship are kept. So like, I don't know, whatever you would take. A coat closet. <laughs> well, it, it'd be like where they kept whatever you would take um, the Eucharist from, which is the only word I'm remembering for it. But I know there's a more modern word, which is where you drink the blood of Christ and you eat the wafer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I just know it was called at this time and in okay. the medieval just, times. The uh, cool. My broken brain when you were talking about that. Instead of thinking of communion wafers. Oh, fucking, communion. Yes. But the first words that came to my mind were communist waffles. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. All right. I got there with actually, man, free word association, but... So there's a lot of um, super renaissance um, stuff in this that I'm going to try to explain to the best of my ability. Like the law, the way that the law worked in the renaissance because a police didn't exist is very convoluted. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm going to, I think I explained it fairly well. Okay, I'm ready. Um, also, some other man had helped Lorenzo hide inside the sacristy, and at the same time, other people involved in the plot were trying to capture the Gonfalonieri and the Signoria? Signoria. I don't know. So the Gonfalonieri, which I know I'm saying right, but I don't know how the fuck to say the other one, was the holder of a highly prestigious communal office, and the Signorina was the governing authority in Italian cities at the time. So the Gonfalonieri kind of like held the meetings of the other word that I'm fucking up constantly. Like he was, okay. he was like pretty in charge, but like not as in charge as the Medici. But this also didn't work out as planned because the head of the Salviati family and the archbishop were trapped in a room with a hidden latch to keep them from completing their plan and the coup failed. And I wrote, because I wrote this in fucking January. I wrote, sounds familiar. What? Oh, oh, oh. Mm. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so Lorenzo appealed to the people of Florence to not condemn the men without a trial. Even though they killed his brother, he wanted to seek justice legally at this point. I'm just saying, I feel like it would be way more interesting if like they took care of him in a not legal manner. You know what I mean? Oh, just wait. So... Lorenzo did he did this all like he wanted it to go legally for his own image but he definitely wanted revenge okay. um but Lorenzo did save Cardinal Raffaello Riario who had traveled with the Salviati and though he was used as the signal he was believed to be innocent um and knew nothing about the plot also fun fact Riario was the Pope's nephew talk about nepotism in the workplace in the God place. In the God place. Nepotism in the Bible. I don't know. Popes aren't in the Bible. <laughs> I know not a lot about them. I know nothing. You could literally, you could probably tell me anything about, like, the the, the political structure of, like, the the um the place where the Pope lives. Yeah. I mean, I know. The Valtoring. What the fuck I is it know. called? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of understand the papacy. 
because that was like a huge part of my medieval history class. Um, Mm -hmm. But also the papacy is really just like a political tool, even though it's- Yeah, right? See, that's what I'm saying. You can tell me anything and I believe you. And I just took a Spanish class on saints and sinners. Like, it was a lot about Christianity and I still have no fucking clue. So the people- The people involved were hunted down and killed between the date of Juliana's death and October 20th, Jesus, in the same year. Whatever. 80 people in total were executed for the crime. Jacopo de Pazzi was caught after trying to flee Florence for another city and was taken prisoner and tortured because while he didn't get his hands dirty, he was likely the leader of this plot because he was Francesco's father. Nope, uncle, and he was kind of like mm-hmm. Francesco's puppet master, pretty much, is how it people think it went. Okay. Um, so Jacopo de Pazzi, Francesco de Pazzi, and Renato de Pazzi, and Francesco Salviati were hung out a window in the Palazzo Vincio, which was and still is Florence's town hall and currently holds a copy of Michelangelo's David. What the fuck? Just a weird. Oh my god, that building has some strong fucking energy. There's so much going on. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, so Jacopo was buried at uh, Santa Croce, and later his body was dug up and thrown into a ditch, then dragged through the streets of Florence, and his body was propped against the door of the Patsy's residence where his decomposing head had been used as a door knocker as some twisted 15th century joke. And after that, what I'm assuming was just the head was thrown into the Arno River where some children fished it out, tied it to a willow tree, flogged it, and then threw it back into the river when they got bored of it. Oh my fucking God. This is the most renaissance thing I've ever learned about, and it's insane, and I fucking love it. That's crazy. It's so weird how people just seemingly were not afraid of, like, dead people and touching their bodies. Yeah, I mean, this was even after, like, the first fucking- this was after the Black Death, and they were just like, "Mm, dead people? I don't care. (laughs) What's your theory? That's not a thing yet. (laughs) It was, like, barely a thing. They had, like, some idea during the plague where- that like if I touch this person like probably closer to the end of the plague but they were like if I'm yeah. close to this person then I will get sick yeah or if I pop their but bubos, I think they didn't have any idea that like touching dead body could be bad for you <laughs> oh yeah if it has no disease touch it all you want I mean come on yeah. <laughs> whatever Clearly, there's nothing wrong with that even make it a door knocker I'm surprised they didn't do more they should have made it like a little a little candle holder. Just scoop yeah. his brains out like a jack-o'-lantern. Pop the yeah. eyes out so it's like <laughs> shines nicely. That's mm-hmm. disgusting. Use his ribs to make a corset for someone. Nice, nice. That would be some good boning. Right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Bandini di Barancelli, who was one of the two who actually killed Giuliano, or Giuliano um, the other one who wasn't Patsy. <laughs> yeah. He escaped to Constantinople, which was Istanbul, and then it was Constantinople, oh. and then it was Istanbul. Uh, <laughs> Why'd they change it? I don't know. That's nobody's business but the Turks. 
<laughs> I guess they just liked it better that way. It's a long time gone since Constantinople. Yeah. Okay, are you yeah. done? She she loves they might be giants. <laughs> um, so he escaped to Constantinople, but was sent back to Florence by Sultan Muhammad the Second. Um, which it's spelled like Muhammad, but M E H. So I hope hmm. I got that remotely correct. So he was he was sent back to Florence by the Sultan, and he was hung from a window again, in the prison, which is now an art museum. And I said, (laughs) in quotes, or in parentheses, I wrote next to it, in America, many former prisons have been turned into schools. Yeah, it's true. true. Shows the difference. This hanging took place on December 29th of the following year from Giuliano's death. And the Patsy family were banished from Florence and all of their lands were confiscated and anyone who had married a Patsy was not allowed to serve in a public office and anyone with the last name Patsy had to change their name. Um, Holy fuck, this backfired. They're like, let's get rid of the Medici. And the Pope was like, yeah, psych. (laughs) Just kidding, we'll get rid of the Patsy. Um, so the name was completely erased from public registrars and all buildings or street bearing the name Patsy had to be renamed. Their family shield had dolphins and was broken anywhere it had been displayed. Any daughters of the Patsy were placed under a marriage ban. So they just straight up weren't allowed to do anything. Um, I mean, honestly, that might have been preferable. I I stand by my statements from the last episode about how shitty marriages probably were in the past. I'm sure some people had fine marriages, but I'm sure a lot of them suck. But if you remember, Lorenzo and Giuliano's sister, Bianca, had married Francesco Patsy's brother, Guglielmo. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) He was placed under house arrest for a while, but he was then banned from the city. And I couldn't figure out whether Bianca and their children went with him. Um, though I assume they did, and their daughters had been exempt from the marriage ban by their uncle. And Bianco, Bianco? Bianca was a landowner, which was not super common among women. She actually had to have her mother purchase it, um, because she was a matriarch, so I guess it's better. (sighs) Okay, the Pope who had backed the attack on the Medici in a sneaky way placed a ban on mass and communion in Florence, essentially excommunicating the entire city because he just didn't like Lorenzo, pretty much. Oh my god. Yeah. So Giuliano, 25, when he died, had never married. However, his lover was pregnant at the time. One of his lovers. Not just just the one, but one of. He got around. Okay. Giuliano, who died, never married. But he had a a lover who was pregnant at the time of his death. But it's unclear whether he knew about it. And she had given birth a month after he died to his son, Giulio. And Giulio was then adopted by Lorenzo and his wife, Clarice. And they raised him like their own alongside their seven children. Holy shit. Yeah. So Giulio became Pope Clementine VII. I can't think of what number that is. Seven. Seven. Okay, so he became seven. Pope Clementine Seven. Awesome. So he was Pope from 1523 to 1534, and he had become Pope 
just after Lorenzo's second son, Giovanni, who became Pope Leo X. Yeah, X is 10, right? Yes. Okay. In 1513, but he died in late 1521. Super young, super sad. Um, so it sounds like this family's really cornered the market on popes. Yeah, they they really um I think it was Lorenzo and Clarice cuz Clarice had like some papal ties. Like she wasn't related to a pope or anything, but like she was related to a bitch a a bishop a bishop or something <laughs> in the somewhat okay. high up in the papacy. Um so she sent the boy she they planned to send just Giovanni to go um and study the papal arts. But Giulio ended up going with him. Um, and then okay. their oldest son, Piero, who was named after his father, took over the bank and stuff. But I think gotcha. that's it. Definitely highly recommend this show because it was intense. Um, also super recommend Merlin because I love Bradley James. He's amazing. Yeah. And also recommend Skins. Always recommend Skins. What? Everyone says that Dead is, and I get it. But is which I I don't know if I remember this right now. It may be the multiple glasses of wine. Is it second or third? I think it's second, right? That has um Frankie and Grace and Rich and Aloe. No, that's third. And Minnie. That is third? Okay. Yeah. That is the best generation. Everyone says it's the worst. It is my absolute favorite. It's so I do good. love Obviously okay. first gen first gen hits like a cool glass of water on a summer day, you know? Yeah. Like that shit's nice. Third gen made me have a mental breakdown like no other tv show kid that's true everything happened in third gen like a lot of shit happened mm-hmm. in first gen and like there was pregnancy and there was drugs and there was tony being an asshole and shit but then like second gen was like i'm just gonna spoil the whole thing i guess i don't know i didn't Do love it. second generation i liked a lot of the characters but i just didn't love the plot line of like freddie and cook obsessing over effie and like no and I feel like like Cook just isn't this is really gonna offend Izzy Izzy's never gonna listen to this but one of my friends (laughs) thinks that Cook is the hottest thing ever and I simply disagree I I just do not believe that to be the truth and I think Effie is you know but I don't think Cook is enough I love Effie she's um Kaya Scobolero who obviously played her is also in a Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean movie. Gorgeous. Okay. I love her. Amazing. Um, Amazing. But also... You know, apparently... Go. Okay. Michelle from Skins, which is... <gasps> I was just going to talk about that. that. You were going to talk about the podcast? Yeah, I was just going to say that. That was a, what was about to oh come out of my God. mouth. Insane. Uh, I need to listen to it. I haven't listened to any of it. I just saw her post that she, like, finished it up with Grace. And I'm like, fuck, okay. I really need to see that. Because I am absolutely in love with Grace so much. Yeah. So obsessed. I listened to, the last episode I listened to was the episode, I, I didn't listen to any others really, um, but I toned in, I tuned in because she did live episodes <laughs> before she started recording the podcast and she had the actor who played Maxie on one of them and I watched that whole thing and I've never watched this oh whole live before. But I listened to the episode she put up with Layla Lewis, who played, I'm forgetting her name, Liv in season oh, yeah. three. I really liked Liv's episode. You did or you didn't? I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a really good one. I was um, re-watching Skins and then I finished, I finished First Gen 
and then when I started watching second gen and I was like I have finals to do oh. and I cannot do this because when I watch skins it like takes over my whole fucking life which yeah. I feel like is kind of a universal Same. experience but that's yeah the, I was like I can't do this right. that's the thing for me with skins um and Buffy the Vampire Slayer they like mm-hmm. if I rewatch either of those shows it's like that's all I'm doing <laughs> for a yeah, while like unless I have to do something, that is all I will right. do, because they're just. I don't and know. it's all I can think about too. I've gotten into like a really binge watchy TV mood. Like I just rewatched all of The Handmaid's Tale so that I could catch up because I haven't watched in like two years. I just rewatched all of it in the past like month, and it's really good. But it's all I could think about. Um, I forgot to tell you a couple weeks ago I was in Boulder and Mason and I were driving to um Target because King Supers still isn't open. Mm-hmm. Um, literally on the side of the road was the spitting image of Aloe. Literally looked exactly like William Merrick, who I follow on Instagram. It was insane. I was like, "What the fuck?" And I couldn't say anything because Mason would have no idea what I'm talking about, and then I'd just be talking oh, about skins. It was insane. I was like, "Holy shit!" Dude, I um, that's so weird because Kyle, one of my best friends, um, he has someone come in for curbside pickup also i think you should put no virus scream over where you said not that we're that famous but just in case rob where you said oh yeah because yeah i shouldn't yep okay where kyle works yeah Yeah. you're right (laughs) but he had someone come in for curbside pickup and they went up to their car and he said that they literally looked fucking exactly like frankie like exactly that's insane that's so weird Mm -hmm. do you remember that I dated yes I do yeah um mm-hmm. one of my new co-workers looks fucking exactly like him he's like a couple inches taller than him but he is the spitting image I shit you not like I need to take a picture of this guy because he looks exactly the same that's so creepy I hate that do you know how weird it is working with someone who looks exactly like someone that you used to date like it is so fucking weird it's no. so weird but I did date, or I did, while I was dating somebody, work with somebody who wore their exact cologne, which was awkward. Ooh, that's weird. Yeah. And then I would have to, like, sit next to him online and be like, you smell like my boyfriend. And then a couple weeks later, when we broke up, I was like, you smell like my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> to tie it back into friends, not friends, Jesus, skins. Oh, you yeah. know, in Gen 1, how Tony hooks up with that girl. I think her name's like Abby or something, the really preppy yeah. one. And she's like, My friends are coming over. My friends. My friends. You want to bring your friends? Exactly. Do you know? Um, There's this girl on TikTok. Her name is Madeline. Everyone calls her Aunt Madeline. And she's super punk and she's cool as fuck. And I'm obsessed with her and I love her. But she says friends like Abby says friends. What? And it drives me insane dude i like commented i couldn't call it anymore and earlier today I commented on one of her posts and i was like i love you and i mean this with full respect but you say friends like that bitch from skins and then i had to go back and delete it because i felt bad but i like i cannot hold it in i'm about to like dm her and be like girl i get that you're like 30 something and way cooler than me mm-hmm. but please like prompts um that's weird Mason and I were in the car the other day and we just started going over all of the words that I say weird he just kept asking me to say words and be like you say that weird you say that weird like thank you love you too (laughs) it's because of the accent from where I am right now crazy 
Exactly. The weird accent that somehow my parents don't have as much as I do. <laughs> That's really strange. I think it's just I get bits and pieces from either one of them. So, like, I say yeah. certain words weird because of my dad and then certain words weird because of my mom. I don't know. Okay. And then it just combines to you saying everything weird. Yes. Exactly. Like onion. Onion. A classic. Or pillow. Or that, um, that fucking month where for no reason I couldn't say milk and I kept saying milk. But if it was, like, oh rice my God, milk, yeah. it was rice milk. It made no sense and it pissed Maddie oh off so much. The worst fucking thing I've ever experienced in my life. Pillow yeah. is still a problem. Pillow should be criminalized. I don't know how it happened. It's, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't even know anyone who says it like that. I guess that's a UP thing. I'm not even from the UP. <laughs> well, I think we should probably end this because I don't know how long we've been going for. Yeah, and I need to go the fuck to bed. It is yeah, we've just been here and I'm an old woman. Yeah, I need to go to bed too because it's 9.40 and I have to wake up at 4. But also we've just been bullshitting about skins for like at least 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, which actually, okay. you know, that is really on theme. We talk about bodies and torsos and skins. True. Cool, yeah. Oh, shit. Am I supposed to talk about, like, an adoptable animal? So, this is one of their longest stay dogs. I'm gonna try to get close. There you go. Oh, look at that smile. Aw. That's so cute. <laughs> I did a, um, a cat last week, so I figured should spice it up with a dog. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Maggie is an eight-year-old lab mix who has been patiently waiting to find the right home. Um, she's made plenty of friends with the league. She's super affectionate, and she needs a family who will give her room to relax and, of course, a lot of love. No matter mm-hmm. her age, their age or size, dogs, like other animals, can stay with us for as long as possible. Aw, for our longest stay dogs like Maggie, we are extending our Name Your Price adoption fee as a special offer. This will only be available during the Adopt-a-thon on June 26th to 27th. Anyway, Maggie's Aww. a super cute lab. Looks She's a little chunky. Cute, very sweet. She does look a little chunky. Well, definitely like some kind of mix, but I don't know. She's great. She made me happy. Um, and that was the goal. Something not yeah. dark. Even though yeah, my story wasn't super dark, it was just because it was so long ago, you can kind of like, I don't know, detach yourself from it easier. I don't know. It was pretty dark and uh, you could detach yourself from it like how they detached his head and use it as a door knocker. And flogged it tied to a willow tree yes uh-huh. renaissance yeah. children are weird renaissance children are weird and if you want if you want to be protected you know if you if you adopt a dog you don't need a door knocker because they'll just bark whenever the door is knocked on or someone walks by or there's exactly. a bird or there's any sort of random noise or nothing at all they'll just or there's it. another dog somewhere in their vicinity whether it is miles from the house or directly next to them yes exactly you want to feel you want to feel protected you want to save your head from decapitation just get a damn dog definitely a good choice what is it join us next week as our body count rises yeah (laughs) tyler (laughs) okay bye okay bye